You're listening to the Touchdown Under podcast with Emilian and Jack, bringing you NFL news and insight from Down Under. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Touchdown Under podcast. I'm Jack, your host, and as always, I'm joined by Emilian. Hey, Jack, how's it going? Going very well, Emilian, and it has been a long time. Um, in between episodes for us here at TDU since our last episode, which was, of course, the off-season recap. Yep, absolutely. And now NBA Finals are over. All attention is now focused on the NFL for us here at TDU. That and is right. And we cannot wait to get into this State of the Franchise episode. That is right. And I think we should get straight into it, to be honest, Emilian. And we're going to kick it off with the Arizona Cardinals and go alphabetically we're going to talk very briefly about each of the 32 teams and where we think they are currently at as we head towards uh, training camp and as we edge closer to the preseason in million. Yep, let's do it. So, kicking things off with the Cardinals, Emilian, I'm not very sure about Kyler Murray at the Cardinals. I don't think he is a superstar quarterback, and I'm not convinced he's the guy that's going to lead them to the promised land. Yeah, he had a great start to the last season uh, when they started, what was it, 7-0, 5-0? They at least started 5-0, I know that. Um, he, he was playing at a very, very high level. I know back in, what was it, the year before, you had him as your MVP going into the 2020 season. Um, he definitely didn't live up to that expectation. I had him as a dark horse for MVP going into you know, last season, the 2021 season, and he fell short. And the Cardinals, and I think it's also Cliff Kingsbury, they're just a team that has such a good start to the season, and they just trail as they start falling off a cliff as soon as it matters. We saw them go out on a whimper in the wildcard round against the Rams, and now it's put this big question mark on Calamari. And I'm not sure that even with the weapons he has in DeAndre Hopkins, who has been suspended um, for at least six games, um, they got Marquise Brown in the trade with the Ravens, but I, it's, it's not enough. Kyler Murray has to step up. Cliff Kingsbury has to do better. Yeah, Marquise Brown was that big transaction for them um, over the offseason to try and help Murray. But you're right, it is all on Murray this season. And if you don't see something definitive from him, I think there is. Um, it is seriously time to start questioning his status as Cardinals starting quarterback. Onto the Falcons now, and I think we can both agree that it's going to be a pretty long road for them in terms of rebuilding. Um, it sure looks as if uh, Marcus Mariota is going to be the starting quarterback in Atlanta, and in my opinion, it is a very shaky option at best. Yeah, I was pretty happy with their pick of Desmond Ritter in the NFL draft this year, but Marcus Mariota, they went and got him after trading Matt Ryan to the Colts. Um, obviously I don't think either are starting caliber quarterbacks at this point. Marcus Mariota had flashes of good plays at, you know, his time in the Raven, uh, Raiders, sorry, but, um, Falcons, long road ahead. They don't have any options apart from Kyle Pitts right now. They got Drake London, which was a great pick yep, like uh, that. with their first pick in the draft. Very deep wide receiver class. So I think we're going to see a lot of standout rookies across the board in the, in the league, but the Falcons do have a long way to go. And I think they're very, they're relying on all their prospects to pan out. Yep, Drake London should feature pretty heavily in the absence of Calvin Ridley, which is another question mark surrounding the Falcons, but I do think the offense in Atlanta is going to be very stagnant at best. On to the Bills, and it's fair to say that it's kind of Super Bowl or bust kind of season for the Bills. I mean, I say bust in a sense that many expect them to be in contention to win the Super Bowl, or at least 
be at the Super Bowl. And I think if they don't make it to the Super Bowl, it's a failed season in my eyes. Yeah, they definitely, at the very least, the conference championship has to be the goal for them at the very least. We saw them go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs in the divisional round last year, and that was an incredible match. I personally think if the Bills had won that game, I do think they would have been the Bengals in the AFC Championship and maybe the Rams. But moving on, they got James Cook, Dalvin Cook's brother, at running back, and we know the run game has been severely lacking in Buffalo the past few years. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss have definitely not been able to keep the ground up. And their defense, while they were the number one defense in the league, I never really believed it because whenever they played good offenses, they did give up quite a few points. Um, they just played really well on defense against the pretty bad teams. Yeah, the Bills are right on the precipice of greatness, and I really think it's up to Josh Allen. I'm not too fussed about the running game, and I think they and he are capable of getting there. It's just a matter of if they are able to this season. Ravens. I think after a few years of being teased by greatness um, from Lamar Jackson's time to see him really flourish um, in the playoffs because we haven't really seen that yet. And I think after winning an MVP award, it's time for him to kind of establish himself as a playoff performer. And I would like to see that this season, despite losing Hollywood Brown. Absolutely. He's a recent MVP, you know, winner. And whenever you look at, you know, quarterbacks, when you think of the best quarterbacks in the league, Lamar Jackson just doesn't pop in your head straight away compared to the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. And that's up to Lamar Jackson. We know he's not the best passer. He needs to work on that. And he doesn't have a lot of weapons right now. He lost Hollywood Brown. So really, he's got Mark Andrews. And he's got a solid run game with J.K. Dobbins returning and everything. But he just needs to step up and elevate and have another electrifying season. Their running game is set to receive a massive boost, like you said, with Dobbins and also with Gus Edwards. Um, I think while the wide receiver room isn't super you know, strong, Mark Andrews is still there and he is probably Jackson's most reliable target. So as long as he's there, there's not much excuse for Jackson not to perform at his very best this season. And yeah, it's time to see um, some playoff production from Lamar. Onto the Panthers now. And I think, Emilian, you will definitely agree with me when I say that Sam Donald, um, it's pretty proven that he was not the answer last year and he's not going to be the answer for Carolina. And... It would appear that a Baker-Mayfield trade could be on the horizon. I think it's probably the best move for them as of right now. Yeah, their 3-0 start last year was one of the biggest deceptions I've ever seen. Um, They were looking good, and then it just all went down the toilet. Matt Rule is definitely on his last legs as coach. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, he's he's not as good as he once was. He had a massive 2019 season and just hasn't lived up to that expectation. That's a big call. He's, He's very injury prone. He's just, he's not going to be that healthy back that's going to be there every game and carry the team on his back. They've still got some weapons there, some, but it's just not enough and they definitely need to know where they're going quarterback-wise. They drafted Matt Coral, but I'm not convinced that any of the quarterbacks in this year's class are going to be solid starters in the future. Listen, I still think McCaffrey is that guy, um, provided he is injury-free, which, of course, is going to be a question mark. I do think he is a guy that you can really lean on in terms of carrying the offense. You just need a reliable option at quarterback, and they don't have that right now, unfortunately. And that is why I do think um, a trade for Baker Mayfield is in the best interests of this franchise. On to the Bengals, and I think the biggest question... Um, surrounding teams who have come off a loss in the Super Bowl is, are we going to see a Super Bowl hangover? And 
I don't see it with the Bengals. I think they are just really strong as long as they have Joe Burrow at quarterback, which is why I think there is every chance they go back to the AFC Championship um, despite the really crowded and competitive nature of that conference. Yeah, it's going to be a joy to watch them in year two with this uh, Burrow, Burrow and Chase team. Uh, Burrow obviously had an exceptional season. I think Burrow could be an MVP candidate this year. Obviously, there's a lot of competition there, but... The defense is also very underlooked. They made some absolutely insane plays during their playoff run, especially against the Chiefs in overtime when they picked off Patrick Mahomes. And then defense, and then in the Super Bowl, the defense kept the Bengals in the game throughout, only holding the Rams to twenty three points, which is a very impressive feat when you're facing, you know, Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup and all that. So the Bengals, I agree with you. They're not. I don't think they're gonna have a Super Bowl hangover. It's going to be tough for them to make it back to the big show, though, because of, as we said, the Bills are going to have aspirations to go. The Chiefs, Mahomes is going to look to go on revenge. Herbert's going to look to make the playoffs for the first time in his career. And you just have all these teams that need to live up to expectations that they've set. And it's just going to be an absolute dogfight. You're right. It's going to be super tough for them. But as long as Burrow is there, I give them every single chance. And just quickly before we move on, I want to give a shout out to the Bengals secondary, which was supremely underrated for a unit that really struggled in previous seasons. You look at guys like Chidobi Wizier, Von Bell, Jesse Bates, and even Eli Apple at times last season, not the playoffs, but at times um, he was serviceable for the Bengals. And yeah, I think it was a really key aspect of their defense and them able to continuously win games last season. Not to mention, sorry, before we move on, they boosted up their offensive line in the offseason as well. So that was their biggest weak spot. That's and right. ultimately what cost them in the Super Bowl and now that they've strengthened that, they have no reason for their offense not to falter. They have to go absolutely 100% every single every single game and establish themselves as the best team in the AFC. Yeah, all you asked as a Bengals fan was to improve that weakness, and they went out and did that. Um, Lyle Collins, Alex Kappa, and Ted Karras. So you fix up three starting spots on that offensive line. It's hard to see that unit disappointing this season, which is why I have such high hopes for them. Onto the Browns now, and this is a really interesting case, I think, um, with a likely Deshaun Watson suspension suspension impending, I think they're in real trouble because I do not think they will start training camp with Baker Mayfield on the roster, or maybe he will be on the roster at training camp, but I don't see them starting the season with him on the roster, and I don't think he is going to want to play there and start games for the Browns franchise um, after what's gone on with trading for Deshaun Watson, I think he feels betrayed. I think he wants out. And I do think, like we said, Carolina is a likely destination. And so this leaves a really big hole for them because Watson, I don't think he's going to be playing much football this season for the Browns. This was more of a for the long-term kind of move for them, which I did love the trade from a football aspect. Putting aside his off-field issues, from a purely football aspect, I love the trade, but Baker is not going to want to play football for the Browns this season. And the Browns are just one of those teams that for years, ever since ever since they went out and got Odell Beckham Jr., they established themselves as a team that wants to win now. We've been waiting for them to do something significant for the past four years, and it just hasn't happened yet. Deshaun Watson coming in, that's another big trade that they made to bring themselves into the big playoff picture and conference championships. And Amari Cooper's here. So we're still waiting. We're waiting for the Browns to step up. Miles Garrett's one of the best defensive players in the league, but they just aren't living up to that expectation. I do think they found a good coach in Kevin's defense here. I think he's here to stay. But again, as you said, this season, Sean Watson's probably not going to play much. Baker Mayfield, I don't think, is going to play at all for the Browns. 
When's it going to happen? Yeah. When's it going to happen? It's a great point you make about the ambitions of the front office to try and transform this team into a juggernaut. And I think they have done what needed to be done in making these trades. Odell at the right time, sorry, at that time was the right move. Um, Amari Cooper, they got him for a great um, deal. They, they really fleeced the Cowboys, I think. Deshaun Watson, that was the right move as well. They've really put themselves in a position long-term to win. It's just a matter of now the roster that they have to start really, you know, transforming into wins. Obviously, it's really tough in the AFC, but they've got the weapons there even. See, like, you look at the guys like Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, Kareem Hunt, like, their backfield, even Deionis Johnson is a third option. It's really strong. So I think the pieces are there long-term, but this season... I don't think Baker's going to play games. It could fall on someone like Jacoby Brissett, potentially, depending on the length of the suspension for Watson, but we will see. Onto the Bears, and this is really just um, going to be a rebuild season for them. It's all about Justin Fields and his development, and I think that's all we really have to say about it, to be honest, or at least all I have to say about Emilian. Yep, uh, I agree the offense is definitely not where it has to be right now to compete for a playoff spot. I think that obviously Justin Fields entering his second year was decent, I guess. I didn't really watch too many Bears games last season, if I'm being honest. He was um, okay. You, you, yeah, he was all right. Uh, David Montgomery is a great running back. They lost Allen Robinson to the Rams, and he was not having a good connection with Justin Fields. Darnell Mooney is now your number one option in Chicago, which I quite like as a number one option for Justin Fields. You, you know, um, you made a point, you know, when we were texting after the draft, like how you want to pair young receivers with young quarterbacks. This is one of those pairings, and I think it's going to work really well. On the defensive side of things, how are you feeling about that now with Matt Eberflus as your coach? I am really happy with the coaching staff he has put together. I like the fact that he's in charge of the defense now. We, oh, The Bears have been kind of um, shifting off older pieces from the defense. Um, Akeem Hicks is no longer in Chicago. Robert Quinn hasn't shown up to uh, OTAs. Um, it's kind of at a point where... They're really rebuilding on defense, which is kind of rare for the Bears because the Bears are really a, you know, defensive franchise. Like, that's what they've been known for. But now it's about the offense. Um, I'm really keen to see what ex-Packers offensive coordinator Luke Getze has in store for um, Justin Fields. Um, but I do have high hopes for Fields, but we will see how he develops throughout this season. Dallas Cowboys. I think it's really just about Dak Prescott. Um, he has got to carry this team uh, to wins in the playoffs. It was a pretty unacceptable exit the way they went out against the 49ers, Emilian. What do you think? Yeah, it was very comedic, so very fitting for a Nickelodeon game, Nickelodeon broadcast. <laughs> but as I said with the Browns, the Cowboys are another team that just has a stacked roster for the past five years, and they've never lived up to what that roster says about them. Um, they got Rivermari Cooper, who wasn't having a great season, CeeDee Lamb is now the number one option for Dak Prescott. I think he's going to be a really good receiver for them. I think he's going to be one of the best receivers in the league in the years to come. But again, that defense is good, not great. That offense just is... We, we saw some of their games. Their, games. their game against the Patriots, that offense was firing on all cylinders. They just can't maintain it throughout the season and definitely not in the playoffs where it matters most. And yeah, they really went out on a whimper. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs was a huge kind of revelation last year for the Cowboys, but I think no one really wanted to speak about the fact that he still gave up huge yardage at times, and that secondary as a whole still gave up huge yardage. The defense remains the issue in Dallas, but at the same time, I, as a Cow if I were a Cowboys fan, would really want Dak 
to really step up in playoffs time and deliver some wins because the roster is capable. It's yeah. just time to deliver. It's, it's, it's a similar case with um, you know, teams like the Browns and the Bills. It's time to really start delivering in you know, the playoffs. Denver Broncos, I think it's fair to say they have really catapulted to Super Bowl contenders after training for Russell Wilson. I don't have much to say about the Broncos. I think they have finally put themselves in a really good spot quarterback-wise since the retirement of Peyton Manning. Um, we have seen a huge hole at that position since his retirement, and it seems like finally they have got it right. John Lynch has finally got it right. Sorry, I mean, John Elway has finally got it right at Denver in terms of the quarterback. And really, all I have to say is that they appear to finally be contenders. Yep, again. I don't think they're quite ready for a Super Bowl just yet. And I say that solely because I don't know what Russell Wilson we're going to see in Denver. Are we going to see the Russell Wilson that couldn't do anything in the second half of 2020? Or are we going to see the Russell Wilson that absolutely lighted every single defense he faced for those first five games of the same season? Uh, keep in mind, he did break his finger in, uh, early on in the last season, and he really never was the same throughout you know, the last 10 weeks. Will we see a great Russell Wilson? If we do, I think they're contenders for the division title. First off, keep in mind, they are in a very stacked division. They've got the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in there. Uh, Justin Herbert with, you know, his improving play and all the weapons on that team. The Raiders, which we'll get to later, who now have, you know, Devontae Adams. Will Russell Wilson be able to keep up and bring this offense to the level it needs to be? to complement the defense and bring them to the playoffs. In my opinion, the Broncos are a guarantee for playoffs football. Um, I look, yep, guarantee in my mind. Um, you look at the offense there, they've got a strong offensive line. You've got Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon at running back. And just look at the wide receivers they've got. Um, Tim Patrick really built himself into a good starting, um, capable receiver. And that's without even mentioning the guys like Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. And KJ Hamler, who was also injured last season, it's a stacked offense. Um, as long as Russell Wilson stays upright, which I'm sure he can behind his offensive line, I have no doubts that, you know, with that accompanying defense, which is so strong, that they are a guarantee in my mind for playoffs. I will keep that in mind come January next year. Please do. On to the Lions. Um, I don't know what to say, but the question I have is how do they make a leap? Because I can't see it happening under Dan Campbell. I did not see enough in that first season to be able to definitively say that they are going to be able to improve as a franchise under his guidance. I don't have so much problem with Dan Campbell as I just do with the, their, their roster at the moment. Jared Goff at quarterback, they kept him. They're not doing anything to improve at the quarterback position. Their receivers are very underwhelming. They got DJ Chark, which is interesting. Which is a decent odd. But I like him. Yep. Yeah, he's good. But they just don't have anyone that's just there. Like They don't have anyone that's just popping out on their roster right now that says, oh yeah, this guy can bring wins to this team. They have no one of that caliber. Uh, they're set for another like season as one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, seems like they're treading water. Um, similar to another NFC North franchise, which we'll get to pretty soon. Not this one, though. The Packers, um, no Devontae, no Green Bay. That's the question this season. Um, but to be honest, as long as Aaron Rodgers is still slinging the ball, I don't think that the Packers will miss the playoffs. Um, I'd like to think that they will, but I can't see it as long as he's still there. Which is somehow still is, despite all that speculation about him leaving. Yep, um, I agree with you. I think that Aaron Rodgers is still, obviously, he's back-to-back MVPs. The, I'd say the best quarterback in the league right now. So, not just from ability, but also the ability to win with what he has. Not in the playoffs. But, yes, not in the playoffs. That's a different story. But I think the Packers are going to make the playoffs solely because they're still the best team in the division. 
I think by quite a quite a large margin, even without Devontae Adams. Their defense is very impressive. Devontae Campbell was exceptional last season. But that's it. They're, they're making the playoffs, but they're not going any further. They're not going to be that number one seed in the NFC anymore. The big juggernaut that people are going to have to face in the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to get them to the playoffs, but he's not going to be able to bring them past the second round. Even if they were the number one seed, I don't think they have that same fear factor because they just simply can't win in the playoffs when it really matters. Um, the fact that they lost to the 49ers in the playoffs, it just was unacceptable from an offensive point of view. Yeah. I think the defense is solid, but it's not great. But yeah, in terms of the regular season, Aaron Rodgers can do what he wants. Um, I mean, like he can beat up on the bad teams like he always does, but I guess when it comes down to it, in the playoffs... That is kind of where they've fallen down recently um, and in the past. So I guess, are we going to see a change? Without Devontae Adams, I cannot say that they will. Yeah. Houston Texans. Um, obviously, I think I speak for both of us when we're expecting not very much from the Texans. However, I do think Davis Mills is an interesting quarterback. Um, he was very impressive in his rookie season last year. And... I guess it's it's going to be interesting to monitor his development and kind of see what he brings to the Texans franchise long term. Yep, uh, they promoted Lovey Smith to the head coach after I think an unjust firing, um, based on what you know the team was last season. Um, but yeah, it's just another one of those teams that like they have some decent players. Like they got Marlon Mack, which was actually pretty interesting. We were saying last season how. You know, Marlon Mack was just sitting on the bench in Indianapolis. He wasn't doing much because of the emergence of Jonathan Taylor. They've got a decent running back there now. They've got Brandon Cooks at wide receiver. So when you look at, you know, just the base of the offense, you know, your quarterback, running back, and wide receiver trio, they've got a decent one. Davis Mills, we'll see what he does. The defense is just one of those, you know, it's all right. They've got Derek Stingley with the number four overall pick, which is interesting. Um, I don't know if he's going to live up to that expectation of, you know, being a great cornerback, but he's going to start. And that's always tough for a rookie cornerback, you know, to be the starting corner. Um, we, I, it's, it's the Texans. They're going to have another losing record. Yeah, those things you mentioned, they are interesting to monitor, but at the end of the day, they're not going to be a team that's, you know, box office. Um, I think we all know that. On to the Colts. And... Um, it's kind of been a quarterback carousel the last few years in Indy. And as much as that has been the case, I think they've landed on a really good um, kind of fit in yeah. Matt Ryan. It was kind of the right fit for him. I really liked that he's been traded to a team that he can kind of try and win now with because that wasn't obviously happening with the Falcons. And the Colts had a need and they went out they traded Carson Wentz, they traded for Matt Ryan, similar to the Bengals in a sense that they did what they needed to do this offseason, in my mind. Yeah. And um, I like Ryan at quarterback for the Colts going forward. Yep. I think, though, their biggest problem still is the lack of weapons they have. Um, it was a problem last year. They've got Michael Pittman, who had a great year, but apart from that, they drafted Alec Pierce. Paris Campbell just has not lived up to any expectations whatsoever. Their defense is still very strong. They had one of the better defenses in the league. But again, they were on the they were on the verge of making the playoffs. And they lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the worst team in the league in week 17, and fail to make the playoffs. And it's that sort of it, I think it just sums up the Colts very well. That that just that one thing. It's like great regular season, great potential, great players, and just 
they lose when it matters most. And it's the same thing we saw in that 2018 season where Andrew Locke was playing really well. They just can't quite get over that hump and be one of the better teams in the AFC. I do give them the edge over the Titans at the moment to win the division, though. On to the Chiefs now. And no Tyreek. I don't think Patrick Mahomes really cares, to be honest. It's kind of a similar situation in my eyes to the uh, Devontae Adams leaving Green Bay scenario. I think as long as you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, it's not really an issue um, that he loses someone like Tariq Hill because there are guys in that wide receiver room who are going to kind of uh, carry the load in terms of being option in terms of being an option for Mahomes. I mean, you look at guys like uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, who's just come in at uh, during free agency, who's uh, I think is a really good player. Michael Hardman has been impressive. Marcus Volder Scantling, while he's kind of just I guess mid-tier receiver, he was pretty reliable in terms of an option for Aaron Rodgers, and then you've got got guy a guy like Josh Gordon um, as depth. So the options are still there for Patrick, and I think he'll make very good use of them. Absolutely. I think he needs a little help from Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the backfield this time around, now that Tyreek's gone. On the defensive side of things, Tyron Matthews out, and he was a very great player for them. He was, he was integral to their you know Super Bowl championship team. But they just replaced him with Justin Reed, who's also an absolutely incredible safety. So I think on the defensive side, they're fine. It's just going to be interesting to see how much of a hole Tyreek Hill leaves. If it is a very if it's a very big gap in the quality of play from the receivers, the Chiefs are going to falter to teams with strong secondaries. Um, teams like you said, the Bengals have an incredible strong secondary, and it cost them in the playoffs. But they're now in a division with very strong defenses. The Chargers are going to want to get some revenge on the Chiefs, and that's where the Tyreek Hill gap is going to be exposed, I think. Yeah, that Matthew departure is going to be one an interesting one to monitor just because not only was he the on-field glue for that secondary, but he was a huge locker room presence in Kansas City, and I just wonder how well Justin Reed is going to be able to kind of fill those shoes despite his obvious on-field prowess. It'll just be interesting to observe, I think. Onto the Raiders now, and I think the biggest question for them is how much does Devonta Adams really improve them? Um, while he's an obviously a terrific option for uh, Derek Carr, I don't know. It's just a very, very competitive division that they're in. Um, but I guess the one thing that we re- were really saying about the Raiders, I guess, over this last year or so has been the need for a real star. And that's what I went out and did. So again, a similar situation to the Browns. Uh, sorry, well, yeah, to the Browns, to the Bengals. Um, that they went out and kind of got what we all think they needed. Yeah. So now it's time to see what the on-field product is. And it's very important to note the sort of season the Raiders had going into the season last year. We had no expectations of them. We thought it was going to be another one of those seven and ten seasons. You know, just mid-team. But they persevered. Through all the challenges they faced, Henry Ruggs going to jail, Josh, uh, sorry, John Gruden getting fired. They persevered, they made the playoffs, and they lost in a very close game to the eventual Super Bowl runner-ups. They've got Devontae Adams now. Hunter Renfro was pretty great last season. Darren Waller is still an elite tight end. And Max Crosby just stepped up last year. They got Chandler Jones. They have improved their team immensely. And I do think they have the potential to actually make it past the wildcard round for the first time in quite a while. LA Chargers, like you just mentioned earlier, Justin Herbert is going to be looking to get 
to the NFL playoffs for the first time in his career, and I think he will have an extra chip on his shoulder after the way the Chargers weren't able to get there last season. We know he has all the talent in the world, and now it's just up to, I guess, the defense to be able to complement him and the offense and help get them there in what we have already mentioned is a stacked AFC West. Absolutely, and I think we saw that Brandon Staley was a very, very ballsy coach throughout the last season. Um, how much of that do you think he's going to retain going into this season after you know his questionable decision to go for on fourth down backed up at his own 20? Yeah, it's it interesting because it was like a double-edged sword. It worked at times, like for instance, the fourth down um, conversion against Kansas City at Arrowhead, and then obviously, like you said, when it didn't work, I don't mind it, honestly. Um, you want a bit of guts, a bit of balls in your head coach, um, you know, to kind of do what he can to get the team over the line. I liked it personally. Um, I think he's a good fit for the team. I just think they need to tighten a few more screws on defense, and then in my mind, they're a playoff side. How much do you think the Khalil Mack trade is going to impact them? Oh, it's obviously huge. I mean, you pair a guy like that with um, Joey Bosa and, like, the results are going to be lethal. Um, I think they've got a really, really good defense. Um, obviously, in the secondary, they've also got um, Derwin James, who is really, really solid as well. And they got JC Jackson, which yeah, was absolutely yeah, monumental. Really underrated um, at the Patriots, obviously kind of in the shadow of um, Stephon Gilmore. But, I mean, like, they have a seriously talented defense, um, yeah, it's just a matter of kind of really putting it all together, getting the on-field chemistry, because that offense with Herbert, you know, leading the way is going to be just fine. LA Rams, I don't have much to say about the Rams, um, uh, like, apart from the fact that they they have every chance to go back-to-back, I think. Um, obviously, as we know, it's super hard to go back-to-back um, in terms of winning Super Bowls, but yeah, Matthew Stafford there, we don't know yet um, what the future holds for OBJ in um, Rams colours, but with the addition of Allen Robinson, I can't see how that offence falters, obviously, especially yeah. with Cooper Cup um, and Robert Woods. Yeah, this is just one team that I think they'll be the number one seed because the NFC is significantly weaker than the AFC right now. There's not as many competitive teams. Yeah. In the NFC, with Devontae Adams leaving Green Bay, the Packers, I don't think, are a big threat in the grand scheme of things. The Buccaneers definitely are with Tom Brady back. But who else? Who else? The 49ers may, may get their stuff, may get all the, all the right things together, but they don't have that quarterback to do it. Cowboys just don't live up to the expectations. They don't. There is no other team in the a NFC that would trust more to win playoff games than the Bucs or the Rams. And the Rams beat the Bucks in the playoffs. They kept most of their roster. They added Bobby Wagner, who definitely isn't what he used to be. But he's still a solid veteran presence for that uh, Rams linebacking core that wasn't all that great. I think he's going to have a huge impact, personally. Um, I, hope I, I still think there's plenty yeah, I still think there's plenty left in the tank, to be honest. Um, I, sorry, I did mention Robert Woods earlier. I've forgotten that he went to the Titans. But when you still have Cooper Cup there, Allen Robinson, potentially OBJ returning. And I think we'll see an emergence of Van Jefferson... Yeah. Stafford has plenty of weapons. Um, and he just had an extension. The yeah, Rams are set exactly. for a while. Their backfield is is solid. You just mentioned the you know defensive addition of Wagner. Uh, it's just a really, really solid team. And yeah, every chance is going back to back. Jaguars. 
Similar to the Bears in a sense that it's all about their rookie quarterback. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I think he was low-key good in his rookie season. Low-key. Um, I don't think many people spoke positively about him in his first season. But, I mean, when you're playing for the Jaguars under, you know, <laughs> the head coach that they had last season. The uh, worst yeah. he- head coach we've seen in quite a while. Yeah, this I is- mean, I... Yeah, I had... You know, decently high hopes, um, but yeah, things obviously did not go to plan for the Jaguars. But I, I do think Trevor Lawrence will see a, a, a nice sophomore season for Lawrence this yep. year. And we can definitely thank the Jacksonville Jaguars for just breaking the wide receiver market this offseason. Um, the they signing with Christian big Kirk. Big time money. Yep, the Christian Kirk signing definitely leaves a lot of question marks in my head. But it's a solid roster. It's solid. It's not going to, you know take the team to the playoffs or anything. Um, they drafted Trayvon Walker with a first overall pick instead of, uh, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, who I think was a better pick. But it's going to be interesting to see. Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne's back um, after missing his rookie season. So we'll see if that, you know, chemistry is still there. But I'm still waiting for the Jaguars to sign some bigger people. I don't know if I'm prepared to say that their roster is solid. Um, but it's solid-ish. It's got potential. Yeah, it's got potential, but... It's not solid. Based on last season, and until we see something this season, I can't call it solid. But I do like Lawrence. I think he's a good, going to be a good quarterback, and um, we will see about his development this season. What do you think of Doug Peterson as a head coach now? Because he didn't coach last season, so he was out of a job for a year. And the yeah. Jets were not time to... I mean, it's hard to be worse than what we had last season from the Jaguars in terms of the coaching. Um, I, I think he will have learned... From his time in Philadelphia, I think it's. I think it'll be okay. I think it'll be okay. I don't think it's going to set the world on fire. I think it'll be okay. Miami Dolphins. Obviously, Tyreek Hill is the big acquisition there, but I don't think he improves Tua's game that much. It's really on Tua to improve his own game. Um, we know the underthrows were and continue to be presumably a pretty big issue in his game. I'm going to be intrigued to see how he's addressed those issues. Um, obviously, Tyreek Hill is a huge boost in terms of weapons for the Dolphins. And what quarterback doesn't want someone like Tyreek uh, sorry, someone like <laughs> Tyreek Hill to pass to? Yeah, but it's all about Tua's own development. Now, talk about a like wide receiver duo though, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle together. That's going to be lethal if Tua can get the ball in their hands. Um, although I do have to say that backfield right now is very interesting. They went and got Chase Edmonds, who was really good in the Cardinals last year. Raheem Mostert, if he comes back healthy and back to where he used to be, that's a great addition. And Sony Michelle, who can, you know, fill in a spot if he needs. The defense is all right. Um, left a lot to be desired. But I think that the Mike McDaniel hiring is very interesting. After a very, I think, a very poor decision to fire Brian Flores, who took a 1-7 team and won 8 straight and gave him a winning record. Yeah, while that may be, I, I do think that it's good that they targeted offense with the new hire because I think that's what they need more than anything right now. So I look at it in a positive way, even though I do agree that I probably would not have fired Brian Flores based on last season. On to the Vikings, and I mentioned earlier about teams that are treading water. I think the Vikings are doing just that by retaining a guy like Kirk Cousins at quarterback. Yep, I don't have much to say about this team other than just change something. They, exactly. they, they, they fired Mike Zimmer, finally, but that's not going to fix the problems. I don't think Kevin O'Connell is going to be the next great head coach to turn a team around. It's Kirk Cousins. Get rid of Kirk Cousins and change your mentality. That's true. That's true. I like the hire, though. I mean, 
I mean, he was under Sean McVay. I think I think it was a decent hire. I mean, obviously we can't say anything right now definitively, but the hire was good. But the the personnel in terms of the players they have, it needs to change. Something's yep. got to change. Um, I don't want to see Justin Jefferson's career wasted yeah. with a very mediocre quarterback. The Patriots, another rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. Um, yeah, again, it's going to be all about his development. He was impressive in his first year, but I think a little bit overrated. Yeah. Um, he really succeeded in Josh McDaniel's offense in the short to immediate uh, intermediate passing game. I'm not convinced of this deep ball. I think a lot of quarterbacks are just expected to hit short to medium throws. So I, I don't think his rookie season was so amazing. Like yeah. everyone, you know, the national media makes it out to be. Um, I want to see more from him to be able to fully say that he is going to be the Patriots franchise quarterback going forward. Yeah, the Patriots had a little stretch last season where they were the number one seed for, for a time. Um, and that was because their defense was playing well and Damian Harris was finally allowed to carry the ball. I know we were watching Patriots games early on in the season and Damian Harris didn't get many carries at all. No. As soon as he gets carries, the offense starts working. They went and got Devontae Parker, but I think their game against the Bills in the wildcard round just shows how far they really are from being one of the best teams in the AFC once again. Exactly. They are yeah, still under, underdeveloped as a franchise right now. And I think that's mostly to do with you know, the quarterback situation and Absolutely. the development that needs to happen there. Onto the Saints now. And um, I think the biggest talking point is them obviously losing out on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes and kind of what comes next for them. Um, obviously, Jameis Winston is at quarterback you know, after his injury, Andy Dalton's backing him up. Ian Book's there. I think Winston is just okay. Um, I don't know. I, I think that there is definitely potential to make the playoffs here in a pretty weak NFC. Obviously, with, you know, Alvin Kamara still there. Michael Thomas should be returning. Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave. The wide receiver room is pretty good. When you, and then you've got guys like Marquez Calloway and Traquan Smith as depth. So, yeah, look, the weapons are there. Winston is okay. Um, I think they could make the playoffs. Jameis has what he needs to make this offense run. I love the defense on this team. It's a very good defense. Um, it's a team that held the Bucks to three points, which <laughs> is no easy feat by any means. And they went and got Tyron Matthew. Um, but again, the, the Saints are just one of those teams that have been stagnating the past few years on that brink of the wild card, wild card race. Maybe they're in it, maybe they're not. And they just sort of falter towards the end. And if they do make the playoffs, they... While we're always set for an early exit. Yeah, strong point though about the defense. Um, I love Marshall Lattimore, Marcus May, and Matthew were signed in that um, deep secondary, which are huge signings. I think um, yeah. really strong. We know how good Demario Davis is at linebacker. Um, Cam, Cam Jordan's still there, rushing the passes. So they've got a strong defense, and yeah, Winston just has to be mediocre for them to be a good team. Absolutely. And I think, I, I think there is more chance they do go to the playoffs than they don't. And I think it's a great decision to keep Dennis Allen in the system and promote him to head coach after Sean Payton's yeah. leave. Continuity is really underrated. And um, yeah, for him to stay there, I think it's a good thing for the Saints. Onto the Giants now. And um, yeah, pretty similar story season to season now for the last couple of years with the Giants uh, and Daniel Jones and the question marks surrounding his ability because he hasn't been very good. Um He's got his fumble issues. I, I just don't know um, where he's headed. I, I don't think. I don't. I don't think he's the answer 
um, at the New York Giants. Until they figure out the quarterback situation, they're going to be, yeah, at the bottom. Yeah, they're still rebuilding. I love the hiring of Brian Double as their coach, um, offensive coordinator for the Bills, who was a big part in Josh Allen's like very, very impressive um, leap. But the Giants' offense, I'm just not exactly thrilled with right now. However, I will say they had an impeccable first two picks um, in the NFL draft with Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau. So, um, very great picks, but it's just one of those teams that it's going to take time for them to get back, you know, into the playoffs. And Daniel Jones, this is, you know, a boom or bust year for him. Like, if he doesn't show any signs of improvement, um, they're not going to wait around for him. Yeah, they've got a pretty solid young defense. Um, I I definitely think that is going to be a strength of theirs going forward the next couple of seasons. And yeah, as much as I do agree with your comments about Brian Dayball, I just don't really think it matters all that much as long as Daniel Jones continues to struggle. I would like to think that Dayball can improve um, aspects of his game. Um, I just don't see it. I, I think he'd have more success if Tyrod Taylor were to take over as a starter at some point during the season. But the thing is, if Daniel Jones doesn't pan out this year, they get rid of him. They get someone else in who's, you know, young. Maybe, you know, so uh, say they get a rookie quarterback next year. Brian is there to guide him into, you know, a nice position as a starter. That's true. And I do like Tyrod Taylor as a bridge kind of option um, because I think there is every chance that he does take over the starting mantle at quarterback there for the Giants. Onto the Jets now, Crosstown, and kind of similar to Trevor Lawrence, I think Zach Wilson was low-key good yep. in his rookie season. Um, obviously, he had some struggles early on with interceptions, but yeah, he was playing at the Jets. Um, not a strong offense. Obviously, rookie quarterbacks can have their struggles, but he had a few solid, really solid outings, I think. And um, yeah, I do have high hopes for him going forward. And it's going to be interesting once again to observe his development this season. Yep, they made some nice little additions on their team. Uh, obviously, starting with Source Gardner as the third overall pick in the NFL draft. Uh, they went and got DJ Reed, who's a, who was a solid cornerback. I think he'll be a better cornerback two than he was as cornerback one. Um, and I think that an absolute W of a signing was CJ Uzama, who absolutely you know exploded last season for the Bengals, and the Bengals just let him walk. Um, I think he's a great target for Zach Wilson. I think they need a bit more help, though, on the wide receiver side of things, but Garrett Wilson was an absolutely great pick as well. I think the Jets won the draft. There were quite a few teams that had absolutely amazing drafts, but the Jets were definitely one of them. Yeah, they did make some good picks. Um, Obviously, I like Sauce Gardner as well. I think... I I guess I'm a bit surprised with your um, high rating of Uzoma. I think he's okay. Oh, come on. Oh, Come on, he was pretty I think pretty Joe good. Burrow made him look pretty good. Joe Burrow made him look... I think he's, gonna... I think he's just okay. He, okay. I, I don't think he's anything special. I, think... I mean, I, I'd love to be proven wrong, but I, yeah. So you look. don't think you don't think the Bengals are going to regret letting him walk? You don't think the Bengals should have kept him? I I mean, maybe they sh- they could have let him, They could have kept him, but I don't think they're going to regret it with okay. Joe Burrow and who they've got there right now. Um, okay. They won't regret it. In fact, I can say pretty definitively, in my opinion... I think he's a solid signing. I just don't think he's anything, you know, super amazing. And they've got, I think Jeremy Ruckett from Ohio State was a good pick in the draft as well um, as tight end depth there. But yeah, Garrett Wilson, great, uh, great pick as was. I think Brees Hall is going to be pretty good for them as well with Michael Carter also in that backfield. So um, yeah, Wilson should have a few decent weapons this season. Um, So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing his development. Yeah. 
Philadelphia Eagles. Now, um, Jalen Hurts has obviously proven himself as a really good running quarterback, but my concerns with him lie in the passing game. I think he is really, really a hit-or-miss guy in terms of his deep ball. Sometimes he can throw an absolutely beautiful deep ball, and sometimes it can go anywhere. I think we need to see some consistency in the passing game um, You know that complements his running prowess because until I see more consistency passing... I really don't know about him as a quarterback going forward. Yeah. Um, that's my main concern with the Eagles. Yep, and the Eagles are definitely expecting him to play well. They went out and got AJ Brown from the Titans. Good trade which, during the draft, which was absolutely huge. It was shocking. Yeah, blockbuster. It was shocking, and they've got Devante Smith there, who had a really good rookie season. Um, he's entering year two. They have no Jalen Hurts has no excuse. Yeah, he's a good running quarterback, but he has no excuse. Miles Sanders is great. Running back as well. Kind of like the Cardinals, I think. With exactly. Kyler. Very. And it's just another one of those NFC teams that just hangs around that almost 0.5 record. And they may make the playoffs, they may not. But it's just not good enough with what they have. Yep. Got to see more from Jalen Hurts, more consistency. And I think if they do, if he's able to do that, then they could be a genuine um, you know, contender for the NFC title. Maybe. Depending on how he Maybe. plays. It's just, that's the thing. They just have to beat one of those two teams in the Rams or the Bucks. Now, on to the 49ers. And I think it's a really interesting case here um, between Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. I guess, is it Trey Lance's time? Is it not? Is it still Garoppolo who starts the season? You know, what's his kind of leash like? When do we see Lance full-time? These are the questions I have with the 49ers because their weapons, you know, they're quite good, assuming Debo Samuel does stay. Yep, absolutely. They had a hell of a run in the playoffs last year, and they were so close to making it back to the Super Bowl. But they're just in that quarterback limbo. What what do they do? Um, Trey Lance, I don't think, is ready just yet. And if he is, I don't think he's going to be, you know, too great. I don't know. It's just a lot of question marks. George Kittle hasn't looked, you know, as good as he was back in 2019. The defense is still strong, but they just... I think they're still chasing that sort of success they had in 2019. And until they do something at the quarterback position, I don't know. I just it's a big question mark. All it around. is one of the biggest ones I think in terms of the quarterback situations around the league. Seahawks, I don't have much to say about them. Obviously, we're going to be seeing a lot of Drew Lock this season for Seattle. Um, another rebuilding team. What do you think, Emilian? We should have traded Tyler Lockett as much as I hate to say it, but this is not going to be a team that goes to the playoffs. We're Likely going, they're likely going to go last in the NFC West. It's a strong division-ish. Um, but, you know, DK Metcalf, I hope he gets more targets now that he's got a different quarterback. Russell Wilson did not trust him at all last season. It was really annoying to see um, because when he's targeted, DK Metcalf can make some really great plays. The defense, we're waiting on Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs. It's a good safety duel. I'm just waiting for more. Um, second, uh, cornerbacks, I'm still, you know... Very suspect of Trey Brown is now going to be probably the starting quarterback, and he only started last year. Um, we're just waiting, waiting, you know, for a lot of these guys to pan out, and it's going to be a rebuild year. And just yeah, there's not too much to say. Yeah. The running game is interesting though. Sorry, sorry, to cut you off. But That's right. They drafted our Ken Walker. Um, obviously, we don't know if Chris Carson's ever going to play football again with that neck injury. Rashad Penny was absolutely brilliant near the end of last season, but he has very big injury issues. So Ken Ken Walker can come in there and sort of help out that run game. Yeah, I was going to say, I hate to see someone like DK Metcalf, um, you know, I guess stuck in a bad QB situation. I would love to see him on a competing roster. So it's a shame to see him kind of stuck here at the moment. But 
that's the way it is. Yeah. Onto the Steelers and I, as a, you know, obviously the Bears fan, I'm most interested to see how Trubisky's second shot as a, you know, presumably starting quarterback pans out. I think he has a huge chance now to kind of really prove himself and show what he's kind of learnt after sitting behind um, Josh Allen and, you know, learning under Brian Dayball at the Bills. Obviously, I think a huge part to play in this was um, the tragic death of Dwayne Haskins in terms of more opportunity or like less competition now for Trubisky. Kenny Pickett, the draftee, he's not going to start. Uh, Mason Rudolph is garbage. So I think Trubisky, it, it, it's his job to lose going into the start of the season. And I guess I'm just really interested, interested to see how it goes. Yeah, I'll be I'll be a keen watcher. The Steelers definitely like a surprise team for the playoffs last year. Bethan Roethlisberger was also hot garbage last year, but they still made the playoffs defense. because of their defense. And it's it stayed the same most likely. They got Miles Jack, and he's a great linebacker too. So their defense is definitely going to be one to be feared once again. And if Mitch Trubisky, if he starts for the entire season, I think Kenny Pickett may play some games here and there. But if Mitch Trubisky does his job, does what he's supposed to, this could be a playoff team that, you know, has a potential to win a wildcard game. And if there's one thing Mitch Trubisky knows how to do, it is to be carried by a defense. And <laughs> that is probably what's going to happen, to be honest, um, this season. I don't think we see any Kenny Pickett other than um, in the preseason. I mean, a- a- unless Trubisky truly, truly sucks, which... Uh, he could. He could, but I don't think he will suck enough to the point where Kenny Pickett will become the full-time starter in his rookie yeah. season. Okay. Now, we move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and obviously with Tom Brady's uh, unretirement, why can't they go back to the Super Bowl? Yeah, exactly. They went and got Russell Gage as well, who I think is going to be a great number three option, you know, behind Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Well, you know I rated him highly. Absolutely. They got Hakeem Hicks. Um, their defense is just shaped up to still be, you know, an incredible one. Um, I really don't have much to say. They kept Landon Fournette. They kept everyone they needed to. Um, yeah, they have no excuse. Go, I back, agree. go back to the Super Bowl. Exactly. Go. I agree. I don't have much to say. I think they've got a really strong roster. I will say, though, um, Bruce Arians did step down as the coach. He wanted to take a step back. So now it's Todd Bowles. And I think that's very good for yeah. the Bucks. I think that Tom Brady can take more control of the offense. Um, there were some, you know clashes with Bruce Arians over the last two years but not enough to obviously derail their season but now they've got a head coach that's much more defense focused to really elevate them even more and I think yeah they, they'll they can go back yeah I don't think the Arians situation is going to change yeah. any of the on-field stuff to be honest um yeah I expect big things Tennessee Titans we talked briefly about the AJ Brown trade with the Eagles doesn't make the Titans better is, I guess, the big question. Um, I, I guess we'll see um, how that pans out a few years down the track, obviously, with them selecting Traylon Burks with the pick that they received in exchange. I guess I kind of understand it, but uh, as long as Ryan Tannehill is a starter, they're kind of going to remain limited yeah. in terms of what they can produce offensively. Um, I like Malik Willis, but, yeah, not sure if he's you know, going to be a long-term answer either. Absolutely. Very, very raw product there, Malik Willis. And Ryan Tannehill has said that he's not going to, you know, go out of his way to mentor him yeah. Um, because he still thinks that, you know, he's got quite a few years left and he should be the starter. And he should be the starter right now, but he's going to fight for that position. And Derek Henry's coming back, but their receiving core, I mean, you got Robert Woods and obviously Trayton Burks, as you said, but that's it. And, you know, Austin Hooper is their tight end. Offensive line isn't incredible either. Their defense is going to have to do most of the work this season, I think. Yep, 
Agreed. On to uh, the final team in our straight of the franchise episode, and that is the Washington newly named Commanders, Emilian. And um, I have huge question marks over their quarterback in Carson Wentz. In my opinion, it was a very odd decision to trade for him. I suppose he's better than Taylor Heineke, but I wouldn't say there's a huge difference in terms of ability between them. Um, I do like their head coach, Ron Rivera. I think he's great, um, you know, uh, tactically and also culturally. I think he's a great head coach. Um, the defense, young, good defense, but yeah, the offense is going to be held back, no doubt, by Wentz. Just free Terry McLaurin. The dude is doing everything he can to, you know, try to win games for this team, and that's not a wide receiver's job. It's not a wide receiver's job to carry an offense, and he just is, and he's so good. And it's just such a shame to see him absolutely waste his early years at this team right now. That's right. Uh, I guess it'll be interesting to see kind of how they go with Wentz. Yeah. Can he kind of make some kind of resurgence in his career? Unlikely, but doubt it. it's going to be something to watch. Yeah. You know, there's always, there's always something to watch in the NFL. There, there are so many uh, different quarterback situations that are going to be so interesting to observe. There's always so much action. Um, the offseason has been very entertaining and we cover that in our off-season recap, so check that if you haven't already. But this caps off our State of the Franchise episode of the Touchdown on Podcast as we head, as we, as we edge closer to the start of the yeah. season. We're still, we're still, we're still a ways away. Um, so we've still got training camp preseason, but we're getting closer. Like you said, NBA Finals, done and dusted. Stanley Cup Finals, almost done. And then it's NFL time, well and truly. And um, yeah, we will see you then. Let's do it. See you guys. See ya.